0: Hey, Trumpcast listeners, it's me, Virginia Heffernan. For the past four years, I've hosted Trumpcast on this feed. I've done hundreds of episodes, each one devoted to another angle on the Trump catastrophe. And then all of a sudden, it was blessedly over. Trump is out, but sometimes the republic still seems broke down. My next podcast, After Trump, is a guidebook alongside legal scholars Jack Goldsmith and Bob Bauer, both excellent former Trumpcast guests, to reforming our laws, norms, and ethical codes so we'll never get in that fix again. You'll hear from Mary Trump, David Korn, David Farenthold, and some of your favorite voices from Trumpcast. After Trump is coming soon to a podcast app near you. To learn more, go to aftertrumppod.com. That's aftertrumppod.com. But I've got some other big news. I want to introduce you to another Slate podcast that I hope you'll check out. It's called What Next, and it's one of my favorites. Every weekday, host Mary Harris takes on one big story and goes deep behind the headlines. What Next helps you sift through the news, giving you the kind of understanding you won't find just scrolling on your phone. So check it out. And if you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe to What Next, In your podcast app. The house will come to order.
1: How do you respond when a tragedy seems to repeat itself over and over again?
0: Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance.
1: Tuesday morning, the day after a man walked into a grocery store in Boulder and killed 10 people, the General Assembly in Colorado had to figure that out.
0: Representative Houghton.
1: The representatives from Boulder were some of the first to speak.
0: Members yesterday, my beloved Boulder was traumatized in a way that this has never occurred in our community.
1: This session got surprisingly raw. Politicians broke down as they spoke. When it got to be too much for one of them... A pair of women appeared at the representative's side, propping her up.
0: We are a peaceful community. <sighs> Outside of shenanigans from CU students sometimes. <laughs> and I honestly write. And King Super is where those students shop.
1: One representative, it sounded like she'd just learned that she knew one
2: of the victims? Yeah, the the names had just come out. They had a a press conference at 8.30. Um, We were on the floor at 9 o'clock. Tom Sullivan
1: was one of the representatives who spoke.
0: Representative Sullivan.
2: Uh, Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
1: A shooting like the one in Boulder is how Tom ended up in the General Assembly in the first place.
2: Every morning when I get ready to leave the house, I reach in the closet, I grab Alex's jacket,
0: wear that in with me.
1: Tom's son Alex died in 2012, a victim of the Aurora movie theater shooting. He knows what happens now. Moments of silence,
2: names read aloud. All of a sudden, your, your brother, sister, your mom, and dad, all of a sudden, their, their names are going to be read off. Their pictures are going to be in the paper. Someone's going to ask you what they were like. Those people are going to do the same thing that I did this morning. They're going to start looking through their closets and their drawers and looking for something that they can hold on to Because they had no idea that sending somebody to the grocery store was going to end up the way that it did.
1: Some people talk about being triggered by events like these because they've been through something and it just brings all those memories back. As a politician, does it feel different to you? when you wake up and you're dealing with awful news like this.
2: Yeah. And there's a, there's a different, there's a different level of, of anger um, that I have. I don't know if you're familiar, um, you know, with the uh, Avengers and stuff. There's one character, you know, the Hulk, and there is a phase in between when he is um, going from um, the calm, collected um, uh, professor to the raging um, monster where he's in between being a human and being um, a monster. And that's where I find myself. I, I, am, I, am, I am stuck between there. I, I continue to lose um, daily uh, my connection with the person that I was um, before the day Alex was murdered. Um, and, you know, find myself moving to that, um, you know, that, that other kind of rage,
1: that person sounds
2: more innocent than you are now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was he was naive. I didn't he, I didn't know.
1: Today on the show, as Colorado recovers from another mass shooting, there'll be more family members, like Tom, left behind. And that rage so many of them feel, it's only gonna get stronger. So what does an activist turn politician? Do now. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next? Stick around. This episode is sponsored by Schwab. The distance between Washington and Wall Street gets shorter all the time. Our finances, portfolios, and the markets are affected daily by news coming out of the nation's capital. Mike Townsend, Charles Schwab's Vice President for Legislative and Regulatory Affairs, hosts the original podcast, Washington Wise Investor, where he takes a nonpartisan look at the stories that matter most to investors, including the Biden administration's policy initiatives for retirement savings, taxes, trade, energy, and other key areas, the national debt, the Federal Reserve, and how regulatory developments can affect companies, sectors, and even the entire market. Mike and his guests offer actionable insights to help you make sound financial decisions. Download the latest episodes and subscribe at schwab.com/slash WashingtonWise or wherever you listen. After his son Alex was murdered, Tom's family wanted to protect him. His daughter clicked off the television. They didn't go to any of the public memorials for Alex or the other victims. But soon enough, Tom started channeling his grief into political action. He'd show up at the state capitol, lobbying for gun control legislation. Advocates like him got three minutes to plead their case. No
2: more, no less. Yeah, I mean, and then that's what they give you. They time you and you get three minutes. And, you know, then you, when the... The voting is all over. You have to kind of hope that maybe, you know, the legislators will come over and speak to you or they will stop and and talk to you or, you know, you try to make an appointment with them. That doesn't always happen. And I mean, again, that's the reason I'm here. Um, I never get to talk to my uh, uh, legislators. I mean, I testified in front of them. They wouldn't even acknowledge me while I was testifying. And, uh, they were voting, you know, for things to try to repeal, uh, the high capacity magazines. They were, uh, voting to repeal, um, the background checks that we had here. And I would sit right there in front of them telling, you know, Alex's story, knowing that he grew up in the neighborhood that, that they, uh, represent. And they would refuse to acknowledge me. And okay, you can go ahead and do that. Ignore me as long, as much as you want. And I ended up, uh, you know, running against them and defeating them. <laughs>
1: That must have felt a little bit satisfying.
2: It's, it's difficult to say, I mean, that, that I get any satisfaction um, from, from any of this work down here. This is, it's just work. It's just what needs to be done. Tom was elected in
1: 2018. And he was open about the fact that his top priority was gun control. Only, he didn't like calling it that.
2: To start, I never speak about gun control. I'm talking about gun violence prevention. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to control anybody. I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody. What I'm trying to do is make those people who have their firearms to to, um, use them responsibly and to realize that their expertise that they have with their firearm isn't the same as the next person. That there, there is a difference between, you know, how they handle it and somebody else handles it.
1: Tom's hedging here. It might have something to do with Colorado's political climate. When state legislators passed tougher gun control after the Aurora shooting, they paid a price. Two state senators found themselves facing recall elections. They lost their jobs. In spite of that, Tom's first legislative priority was passing what's called a red flag law. It's also known as an extreme risk protection order bill. These kinds of laws allow worried family members or law enforcement to take firearms away from people they're concerned about. And that bill, it passed. So this, this law, it, when you passed it, you became a target. Republicans and, and gun advocates began going after you, saying they were going to recall you,
2: Right. You know, I I've been highlighted uh, for them uh, since, um, you know, after after the thoughts and prayers and the the vigils and the memorials after Alex was 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 murdered. That's your kind of comfort zone where everybody is supportive of you. And then when, when that closes and you stand up against you know, and you're going to start to state an opinion about something, then that's where the division um, starts. Yes, in that case, um, I did uh, get recalled. Um, and we were um, the first um, state legislator in the state to defeat a recall. And we didn't, you have 60 days in which to get X number of, of signatures. Um, they gave up after 29 days. Um, Because they knew that it wasn't going to happen. I wonder, to you,
1: is that evidence at all that the conversation in Colorado is changing? That something that was verboten, you know, a decade ago is not so verboten now?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah, things are changing I mean, you know, as I say, I ran on that when um, we we knocked over 60,000 doors and the conversation we would have at the doors would be if I get elected, the first thing I am going to do is run an extreme risk protection order. And that's exactly what we did. And it passed. And then, you know, then they recalled me. And when we went back to knock on those doors during the recall, I said, you know, that's what I told you I was going to do. They said, yeah, you're absolutely right, Tom. We're not going to sign that petition. We want you to continue what it is, you know, you said you were going to do.
1: You know, I was looking at some of the data on how Colorado's gun laws compare to other states. And to me, Colorado seems like it's pretty middle of the road. Like there are background checks and certain people can't have firearms, people who are felons or have a protective order against them. There's the red flag law that you passed. I wonder what it means to you that there's some number of gun restrictions already in place, but shootings like the one this week are still happening
2: it means that, you know, we still have have work to do. I mean, none of these collectively, collectively, the things that we do are effective and those save lives. we that I don't live in a world where I believe that there's a law that we can pass that will stop this.
1: That's so interesting that you say that because that's like your whole job to to pass laws to stop things. But you're saying like that can't be the only answer.
2: Well, well, it's it's with any of these, with with any of the big changes that you know our society has gone through. We're we're still fighting civil rights. We pass civil rights laws, but we're still fighting it. We're still fighting uh, voting rights. Women still aren't being treated the way that that they should be treated. We've been fighting that all of this time. That doesn't mean we stop. That doesn't mean we we don't continue to advocate, you know, for civil rights and voting rights and women's rights and victims' rights. We're going to continue to do that.
1: We'll be back after a break. This episode is sponsored by Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide to help you sleep and focus and act better? Turns out there is. And if you've got 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations, all in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions. Their members swear by them. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations, and you can do them with your kids. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com whatnext. That's headspace.com whatnext for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com whatnext today. So Democrats lead the General Assembly in Colorado. And you also have a Democratic governor, but your state has also seen politicians suffer pretty grave consequences for putting forward gun control legislation. And I'm I'm mindful of the fact that Colorado is the home of Representative Lauren Boebert, who's she's made her whole career on being an advocate for gun rights and has said she'll carry a gun onto the floor of the House. Do you think this shooting... Is going to change any of the political calculations for some of your colleagues, who might have been wary of supporting gun control in
2: the past. Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, we, we have changed. I mean, we we defeated. Not only did we did, did I defeat a recall. Three state senators def, uh, defeated a recall. That that's not going to be in their playbook anymore. The issue of of gun violence prevention. In Colorado is something that we can talk about and something that we can win elections on. I won an election. Jason Crow beat Michael uh, Mike Kaufman talking about gun violence prevention.
1: Hmm. I was thinking about your red flag law and how you know it's being reported that the shooter here had a history with police, but you know no one intervened and tried to prevent him from getting a gun, and in Colorado. Sheriffs actually said they would refuse to enforce your red flag law. How do you think about dealing with something like that when you're in the legislature trying to get these rules out there and then dealing with local municipalities that may just flat out refuse to enforce
2: the rules that you're making see the the, the part with that the, the the sheriffs who actually said yeah you know what we're and and they did their their communities their their counties um, designated them as Second Amendment sanctuary counties what, what whatever exactly that means um, and but they made a big production about that and these sheriffs said yeah we're not going to enforce this. Um, we could take a look in um, Weld County. Uh, this guy is is, is running uh, all of his uh, political career on, on standing up against any of the gun legislation here in the state of Colorado. Uh, their their county is, is the fourth highest county for extreme risk protection orders. OK, this mm-hmm. is the exact same person when it comes down to doing. What needs to be done to save somebody's life and to keep a firearm out of the hands of someone who is 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 they've deemed as a dangerous person to themselves or others, they do what they should do. And they file those petitions, those firearms get removed, those people and the people they care about, you know, are are gonna live for another day and, and that person's gonna get the help that they need. So you're saying that this is for show? I don't know. You'd have to ask them I, I, when I when I tell you huh. something, you can believe what I, I, I told you. OK, why, why they say what they say. I have no idea. That's one of the things I struggle with sitting here listening, you know, and I, I listen intently when these people uh, are debating issues and I just can't understand. Is that something you really believe? Or are you just saying that for a soundbite so that you can raise some money off it and get yourself reelected the night the next time? You know, in the
1: wake of this latest shooting in Boulder, I heard a lot about the fact that Boulder itself had tried to ban assault weapons a number of years ago. And a judge overturned that law just a few days before the shooting. And to me, it made me angry and it seemed ironic. But I wonder a little bit if you see it differently, like if if the city of Boulder shouldn't have even been in the position to be passing its own assault weapons ban in the first
2: place, a small
1: municipality.
2: Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, and the, there again, there was the case. They they can, you know, do something in their municipality. But I mean, that guy apparently lived, you know, 20 miles away from Boulder. So the municipality that he lived in would, would have allowed him to buy whatever he wanted. OK. And he could have carried that in to Boulder you know, to, to do what, what he wanted.
1: Yeah. And your governor has pointed out the fact that doing anything at the state level, you know, residents in Colorado can easily get to Wyoming or Utah. And there are very different laws there. And that's why he's said it's really necessary for there to be action at the, at the federal level instead of
2: state by state. What we need is the federal government to get on board with, you know, an assault ban. They need to begin having that conversation. We need President Biden and, you know, um, Senator uh, Bennett and Senator Hickenlooper to start having that conversation if that is in fact, um, you know, what the people of the state of Colorado want.
1: I wonder if you think at all about whether mass shootings like this one, what they do for the larger push for gun control Because gun control, you've said it yourself, it's not just about these mass shooting events, although they're terrible and uh, they harm so many people. You know, so many people die of suicide by guns. Police shootings are often instigated by fears that someone has a weapon. And so I wonder when you try to talk about the issue of gun control holistically, whether you find that can sometimes be difficult Because we get stuck thinking about these big events that that stick with us.
2: When we have the the, the large incidents like we had in Boulder on Monday, what that does is it activates different people for many different reasons. Um, I mean, I I tell the story, we didn't have a Moms Demand Action um, chapter in the city of Aurora until after the Parkland shooting. Okay. And that was nearly five years after the Aurora Theater massacre. They hold meetings just down the street from the theater, yet nobody in that city decided to put together a chapter to do something about gun violence prevention. It wasn't until they were motivated by the Parkland school one, this is the same thing that's going to be happening today. There's going to be CU grads in other in parts of the country who are going to say that's enough because I remember shopping at that store. I remember living down the street from there. They're doing that in you know, my hometown or where I went to school, and they're going to start contacting their congressmen and their state senators and their you know public officials to do something about uh, the crisis. Of, of gun violence in the United States.
1: What a gutting motivation, though. I mean, as a survivor of a mass shooting, you must ask yourself, why do we keep needing more motivation?
2: I, I am acceptant of whenever it is you can join in on this crusade, this journey, this fight that that I am in day after day after day. I will accept you at any point for whatever reason it is you want to join along because it's going to take all of us to bring these numbers down and to save the lives that need to be saved here in the United States. We don't have to live like this. Other countries don't live like this. We're not angrier. We're not, you know, we don't have a a worse, you know, drinking problem or whatever the other things are of, of we're just like the other people around the world.
1: Only we have a lot more guns.
2: We have a lot more guns.
1: Representative Tom Sullivan, I'm so grateful for you joining us.
2: Thank thank you for
1: having me. Tom Sullivan serves in the Colorado House of Representatives. And that is the show. Although before we go, I have a quick correction to make. On Monday, when I was speaking with a reporter about the shootings in Georgia last week, we ended up implying that what took place at a series of massage parlors in Atlanta constituted the first mass shooting in the state of Georgia. Sadly, we were wrong about that. A listener wrote in to tell us about another mass shooting, more than 20 years ago. Thanks for the close listen, Mary We really appreciate it. What Next is produced by Elena Schwartz, Daniel Hewitt, Davis Land, Mary Wilson, and Carmel Delshad. We are led by Allison Benedict and Alicia Montgomery. And I'm Mary Harris. Stay tuned to this feed. Tomorrow, Lizzie O'Leary will be here with What Next TBD. That's our Friday show. Have a great weekend.